Welcome to the Mount Sinai Missionary Baptist Church Podcast, where the Reverend Leo R. Thomas is our pastor. As a church, we desire to preach and to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ so that all are saved. We hope that you're encouraged by this message. to calculate if we were to attempt to decipher it appears 
though it is not guaranteed, that you're going to allow us to walk into, to limp into, to crawl into this 2021 year that is ahead of us. God, we thank you that you have spared us for a time such as this. There's so much going on in the world, Lord God. And your word is needed. Your people are needed to fight the battles, spiritual battles, principalities and powers in high places. God, we pray for strength. We pray for endurance. We pray, Lord God, for the fortitude, for the mindset, in order that we might continue to do those things which are pleasing unto thee. Now, God, we pray that you would bless, that you will accept and honor the sacrifices which are made before you today. We thank you for the singing. We thank you for the playing of instruments. And now, as we approach the word, we ask that you set the preacher down, stand your word up on the pedestal of my personality. Holy Spirit, speak through me today. Guard my mind and my heart that that which comes forth, Lord God, will be pleasing unto thee. I surrender to thee, Lord God. Have your way in this place. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this house. Come in, Lord God, not as a participator, but Lord, as the director. Give us those things in which you have us to do and to say. We'll be careful to give you praise, to give you honor, and to give you glory. Instead of blessed name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Let the people of God say, Amen. Come on, give God a hand praise. Amen. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, stand with us. Those of you who know the program the last couple of years, we end the year the way we began the year. I'd ask if you turn to Revelation, Revelation, Revelation chapter 15, Revelation chapter 15, verse. Revelation 15, 4. We thank God. We praise Him. When you get there, here's what you will find. These words are recorded there, reading from the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible reads as follows Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. Revelation 15, 4. From that verse, different than the beginning of the year, very different. The question that I have for you today, in the 2020 experience, when you look back upon the last year, the last 12 months, was God glorified? That's a question I have for me, that's a question I have for you, that's a question I have for us, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Was God glorified? Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify Thy name. 
For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest. Hmm. To say that this year has been challenging, to say that it's been difficult, to say that it has been complicated with numerous complexities would be an understatement. There are things in which we did not anticipate this year, which have happened either in our lives and or around our lives that have impacted us, not for the near future, but forever. For many people, life as we knew it prior to March of 2020 is a far-reaching memory. The dismay, the depression, the despondency, the discontentment, and the numerous disappointments is as real as the nose on your face. To not acknowledge that there have been some challenges would be disingenuous, it would be insincere, and it would be misleading. We began the year believing that we would record the new soundtrack of our lives, not realizing that the lyrics, that the music, and that the tempo did not work in our favor. Nevertheless, family, we committed to, despite of all that, we committed that the possibilities of glorifying God were real enough that that would be the priority for the people of God for the entire calendar year. 2020 would be the year of glorifying God. We realized as a church body that the possibility of things not going exactly the way we planned was probable, and yet, in spite of that, God has kept us. God has sustained us. God has advanced us smack dab in the middle of a pandemic. God has strengthened us in spite of all that's going on and has happened around us. Was God glorified in 2020? That is the question that we must ask ourselves. Was he glorified by my actions? Was he glorified by my outlook? Was he glorified by my behaviors? Was he glorified by the people I hung out with? Was he glorified on my job and in my school? Was he glorified in my house and in my neighborhood? Was God glorified in how I spent my money? Was he glorified in how I treated my wife? Was he glorified in the year that I invested in my children? Is he glorified by my prayers? Is he glorified by my worship? Is he glorified 
by my meditation uh, time and the giving uh, of my talents and my treasures was God glorified and honored by the things that I did this year. And I believe if we were to sincerely ask that question, some of us would have to declare that we came up short, that we missed the mark, that we may not have done all that we had contemplated and planned this year, but guess what? God being glorified is not just an annual theme, it is a lifetime commitment. That means that as long as God is sitting on the throne, and as sure as Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and as long as God's power is permeating and operating in this world, God is deserving of being glorified. As long as there's warm blood flowing through my veins, as long as my mind is regulated, as long as I have strength of my limbs, and as long as I have breath in the body, God is worthy to be glorified. Whether I'm stretched out on a sick bed or whether I'm upright clapping and dancing, God is worthy to be glorified. And when people begin to understand the commitment that we have unto our God, you cannot help but praise him. Because that's what glorifying God means. It means to praise God. It means to celebrate Him. It means to exalt His name. And guess what? In spite of the disappointments, in spite of the disenchantment and the discontentment, God still kept your mind and kept your being in this crazy world. In spite of the fact some people lost their mind this year. You may have lost some money. You may have lost some friends, but you look like you got your mind still in order. If you know your name, God should be glorified. If you can clap your hands, God should be glorified. If you can stand up at a moment's notice and your brain operates and connects to your limbs, God should be glorified. It is not about, it is not about the fact that we had some things this year that did not go the way we had planned. That does not suppress the glory of God. The writer of Revelation is the apostle John. We, we talked about this at the beginning of the year. And John is describing in chapter 15 the seven last plagues upon the earth, which God's wrath will bring upon his enemies. Chapter 15 is the shortest chapter in the entire book of Revelation. Technically, verse 3 and verse 4 are portions of songs sung to God in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. One is called the Song of Moses, which is sung in Exodus chapter 15. And the other is called the Song of the Lamb, which is sung in Revelation chapter 5. Both 
Psalms express the same theme about God, and that is God is faithful. That is God is a deliverer, and it expresses that his people and his judgment will be upon his enemies. The Psalms Moses was sung at the Red Sea. The song of the Lamb is sung at the Crystal Sea. The song of Moses was sung of triumph over Egypt, and the song of the Lamb will be sung of the triumph over Babylon. The song of Moses told how God brought his people out of Egypt. And the song of the Lamb tells how God brings his people in. The song of Moses was the first song in scripture. And guess what? The song of the Lamb is the last song in scripture. The song of Moses commemorated the execution of those who were opposed to God. His foes, his enemies, the devil and his minions. The expectation of the saints of God and the exaltation of the Lord are upon the minds and the hearts of God's people because we know that God, when it's all said and done, he wins. It is not a matter of if, it is a matter of when. The win is when God decides that it's all over. And the problem that we have as believers is that we foolishly believe for whatever reason that because things don't go our way and because things don't happen in our timetable and our time frame that our God is a loser. But the devil is a lie. The God that we serve is a winner. And because I'm connected to him, guess what? I am a winner. You are a winner. That's a reason to glorify God. Your bills may be piled up, but God is still a winner. Your issues may be happening in relationships, but God is still a winner. And because God wins, he ought to be glorified. To glorify God as a winner is to say, thank you, God, for having all power. Thank you, God, for being omnipresent. Thank you, God, for never leaving me, nor forsaking me. Thank you, God, for blessing me beyond measure. Thank you, God, for regulating my mind and blessing me with my family and blessing me with my church. Thank you, God, for doing everything that you do for your glory and for my edifying. The people of God have to realize that no matter where you find yourself today, God is worthy of glory. Oh, you, you, you cheat them. You cut them short. If you believe that your circumstance has to be predicated on that of the glory which goes forth from you because you think you're having a hard time, God is saying, do you know how much harder it would be if I turned my back on you? Is there anybody who kept you this year? He strengthened you this year. He sustained you this year. It's important, family, that we understand that the word glorify means an opinion which one forms to recognize, to honor, to praise, to exalt, 
to show adoration, to invest with dignity. That's what we do when we glorify God. It is to extend to someone esteem, honor, by putting them, listen to this, in an honorable position. In other words, it is determined by what position you put God in. Is he the God of Sunday morning and Wednesday night? Is he the God of church activity, but not my match? Is he the God that I allow to lead God and direct me, but not my children? It's the position in which you put God in. And when you put God first, when you make God the priority, you are in essence glorifying him. This year, did you put him first? This year, did you make him the priority? This year, did you hold him in high esteem? There were three things that we determined at the beginning of the year that would, would help us in our mindset and formulating the opinion of why it is God should be glorified. The first thing we said was there at the first portion of verse 4, the Bible says, for thou art holy. Hmm. The first thing we said is that God should be glorified because of his purity. Because of the purity of God, even in our best efforts, we can never measure up to the holiness, to the purity, to the righteousness of the Almighty God. For thou, God, only art holy. God is holy. He is pure, which means he is unpolluted. He is untainted, and he is uncontaminated. You cannot contaminate God with your foolishness. You cannot take the essence of God with your debauchery. Your depravity will not rub off on God. If anything, God's holiness, his righteousness, and his purity ought to be rubbing off on his people. Don't you know the more time you spend with God, in order that you might get to better know him, when you are the one that is investing in the intimate relationship with the God that we serve, his purity begins to rub off on you. Well, how do you know, Pastor? Because God tells us, be ye holy, for I am holy. In other words, because that is a characteristic of the God that we serve, it means that I am able to manifest holiness and purity in my life. It means I'm able to lay aside some things that I used to be caught up in. It means I'm able to walk with my head up high and my shoulders back, knowing that God did not call me out of foolishness for me to stay there and mess around in it. The God that I serve is a pure God. He is a holy God. God does things right, not because somebody's watching, but because that's his nature. It's who he is, and because it's who he is, that's who 
who you are to be. Is there anybody who realizes I was supposed to set some things down this year? I was supposed to push some things out of my life. I was supposed to do better with some things. I said this year I was going to be a giver. I said this year I was going to be committed to God. I said this year I was going to get rid of some folk that were pulling me in the other direction. I said this year I was going to spend time praying and spend time meditating and spend God singing time singing songs and spend time reading my word. But the fact of the matter is God is pure. God is holy and he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy of being glorified. Because he's pure. Because he's holy. There is not a shred. There is not an ounce. There is not a smidgen of sinfulness that exists in our God. Our God is consecrated. Our God is sanctified. Which means every decision, every act of God is done with balance and spiritual contemplation. Isn't that good news? Every decision that God makes because he is consecrated and he is sanctified. Every decision, every move that God makes is done with balance and spiritual contemplation. Guess what? If you lost your job this year, God contemplated that and it's because he has something better planned for you. Guess what? This year in which we've had nine months where we have been out of the house of prayer, God made that decision with balance, contemplating, are there people who will draw closer unto me even if they're not mixed in with the body of believers? I said last Wednesday, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, the last nine months, it's been harder to teach and harder to preach and harder to stay focused on the things of God because I feed off the people of God. The interaction that we have, the personal relationship that we've developed, the intimacy that takes place between the saints and the, and the godly ones is something that is beneficial and a blessing unto the people of God. I have said before, I need you, and guess what? Whether you realize it or not, you need me. And this year has been challenging, but guess what? I would trade this year for anything else in the world because I know God had a plan and a purpose for doing what he's done. Don't for a moment that this is an act of the devil. Don't think for a moment that the devil has the capacity or the power or the ability to shut down nation. Only God has that power. And God has done what has pleased him. But he did it with balance and with contemplation. Guess what? You needed to be separated from a while. You needed to meditate for a while. You needed to invest in your home for a while. You needed to invest in your marriage for a while. Whatever it is that God has brought about, he did it with balance, contemplating what was best for you. Well, how do you know? Because we know all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to 
his purpose. Is there anybody who loves the Lord? Is there anybody called according to his purpose? Is there anybody who's been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Is there anybody who's been lifted from the muck and the fire? Is there anybody who's been washed over and over and over again? You've been plucked from the clutches of the enemy, and God said, I did it because of God. He didn't do it because we deserve it. He did it because he's pure. He did it because he's holy. He did it because he is righteous. The Bible tells us that to glorify God for his holiness is something that every believer ought to do. The Bible says in Psalm 30 and 4, sing songs and give thanks at the remembrance God's holiness. When I think about the goodness of my God, just the remembrance of his holiness and his righteousness and his purity, it puts us so way down deep on the inside of me. There is praise there. There is worship there. Just about the goodness of my God. When you began to think about how it is that God has ordered your steps along the way. When you think about how it is that God has brought you out of some stuff. When you think about the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the love of God all wrapped up in the purity of God. It ought to put a song way down deep on the inside of this people. It ought to make you want to glorify We said that we were going to glorify God this year because of his purity. At the recollection of his holiness, at the remembrance of his purity, we should desire to sing songs and thank him for who he is and for what he's done. The essence of God is holy, is pure. But not only because of his purity, we said we were going to glorify him this year because of his position. For all nations shall come and worship before him. To worship God means to bow down to him. It is a sign of recognition that that whom I am bowing to, that I am laying prostrate before, is higher than and greater than I am. It is to acknowledge the largeness, the magnanimous of God. It is to realize that God's position is so far and above who I am that he is worthy to be glorified merely because of the position in which he holds. The millennium reign of Christ is what is being referred to here in this specific statement. 
The word millennium is a term not found in the Bible, but is taken from Latin to express a thousand years. It is mentioned six times in Revelation chapter 20, verse 1 through verse 7. During this time, the devil will be locked up and shut down for a thousand years, and all nations shall come worship before the Lord. During the millennial reign, Christ will be exalted. He will be revered. He will be celebrated. He will be exalted. He will be adored. He will be glorified because of who he is. But not wait until the millennium in order to glorify the God that we serve. The book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 reminds us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that his goodness and his kindness, even during the millennium, is the same as it is right now. I don't have to wait in order to bless God. I don't have to wait in order to celebrate God. I don't have to wait in order to exalt him and to glorify him because Jesus is worthy of my praise today. It means that if he's worthy of glory then, he's worthy of glory right now. The Bible says, exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool for he is holy. Psalm 99 and 5. The verb exalt means to be lifted up above and beyond that which is normal. God should not be held in the same position as your husband. God should not be held in the same position as your wife. God should not be held in the same position as your boss or your children. God should not be held in the same position as your pastor. God is above and different than anybody and anyone else. And therefore, God should be held above everything and anything that is everything and that is anything. He's above your money. He's above your home. He's above your education. He's above your loved ones. God is in a category all by himself. And when God is placed in and looked at in his right position, guess what? You cannot help but glorify him. God, you're high and lifted up. God, you have all power, all authority. You have healing power in your change the course of the wind at a moment's notice. You can do anything and everything that you desire to do. And therefore, God should be glorified. He should be glorified. He should be glorified in all that you do, in all that you say, everywhere you go, wherever you go, on Friday and Saturday nights, can you take Jesus with you? And everything you say, 
in between the intimate conversations with your family and your friends? Can you tap on Jesus' name at the end of the sentence? And everything you're involved in, no matter what it is, is Jesus is invited to participate in it because of his position. Do you know that you can work on a company, work out for years, and never meet the CEO? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because if you're not in middle management, you may have seen the CEO, but that don't mean you've interacted with the CEO. Can you imagine that the creator of the universe? The one who stood on the banks and created everything just by a word. The one who stretched the mountains toward the heavens and scooped out the hollow places and filled them with water and told them, come this far and don't go no further. The one who stretched the palm trees toward the heaven and rolled out the grass and tapped it down with daffodils and lilies. Do you know you have access to him? The one who formed man from the dust of the ground. The one who made an axe head float in mid-air. The one who sent a wind to back up the Red Sea on one side and a contrary wind to back it up on the other side and reminded Moses, these brothers you see chasing you today, trust me, after today, you'll never have to worry about them again. And allowed the Hebrew children to walk through on front of them. Do, do, do you know you have access to them? The one who hung every star in the sky and knows them by <laughs> the one who's so powerful, the Bible says in Genesis that his voice would come walking in the dark in the cool of death. Made the queen, the queen of the lunar system, the moon and the sun, the king of the solar system. That God you have access to. Whatever you want. Even as high as his position. Things. We said we were going to glorify God this year. We were going to glorify God because of his purity, because he's holy and he's deserving of glory. But not only because of his purity, we said we were going to glorify him because of his position. Yeah, yeah. He, he's held in a category all by himself. He's God all by himself. He is not tainted. He is not defiled. There is nothing you can do to change the character or the holiness, the purity, or the position of our God. But not only did we say we're going to glorify him this year because of his purity, not only did we say we're going to glorify him because of his position, we said we're going to glorify him because of his power. Because of his power. Because of his dunamis power. The Bible says, for thy judgments are made manifest. Because thy judgments are made manifest. There is no law in which we must abide because God is the law. There is no one to consult in the execution of God's plans because he 
consults with himself. Wouldn't it be nice, would it not be considerate if before God changed the course or the direction of your life that he asked you what you thought about it, but because God knows the beginning from the end and because he's the Alpha and the Omega, he is the introduction and the conclusion. God didn't have to check in with anybody in order to execute his plans. All God has to do is to consult with himself within himself. That means the triunity of God. That means God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And once he understands and knows the direction which is best for us, which means he doesn't even have to think about it to know it. It is already in him because he's omniscient. God is able to execute his plans. There are some of us that understand that when you're married, when you're on a job, when you're in a subservient position, you have to check in with some folk in order to get some things done. Well, guess what? God is not subservient to anybody because God has all power. Don't you know that the God that we serve had the power to shut down nations and not be concerned about the economic ramifications of that which he was doing? Don't you know that our God had the power in order to separate us and still bring us back together in a circumstance such as this in order that his word would still go forth. Don't you know that God has the power that even though your money is a little funny, it's been a little short, God still helped you to pay all of the bills. He kept you in good health and in sound mind. Why? Because God has power. Yes, power. Not some power, not a little bit of power, but God has all power. He has all power. He has all power. For thy judgments are made manifest. In other words, God, if you think it, it's going to come to pass. If God thinks it, God tells you tomorrow he's going to turn grass into cheese. We're going to start hustling crackers. We're going to start hustling crackers. Because if you said, you can best believe it's going to come to pass. That is the God that we serve. My wife needs that joke. That's the God that we serve. We said earlier this year, family, we were going to glorify God. And I said earlier, to glorify God means an opinion which one forms to recognize, to honor, to show reverence, and to invest in someone. Dignity. Hmm. It is to extend to someone esteem or honor by putting him or her, listen, into an honorable position. Yeah, but, but as I said, it also means to praise. It also means to celebrate. It means to experience with great a celebratory might and energy who God is and what God has done. It means that you don't have to be coerced 
and to clap in your hands. It means that you don't have to be convinced to stand on your feet. It means that you don't have to have other people around you to give God the praise that he is due. It means that when you think about God and all God has brought you through, you automatically get in a position and begin to work up a ladder of praise and worship. In other words, you cannot help yourself because God has been too good to you. For you to sit there as if he's not blessed you and done nothing for you is to dishonor God and to not glorify him. But the devil is a liar. I will not give him power and authority by sitting here with my hands folded and my legs crossed, knowing where it is that God has brought me from. David said, I had fainted lest I had failed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David said, I was young and now I'm old and I've yet to see the righteous forsaken or the seed begging bread. Don't you know that the God that we serve has spared us one more and he's worthy of glory because of his purity and because of his position and because of his power. All you got to do is think about who God is and what God has done. Did you worship him? Did you glorify him in 2020? In spite of the opposition, in spite of the obstacles, in spite of in spite of the antagonism, in spite of the disdain, in spite of the discouragement, in spite of the frustrations, in spite of the forsakenness, in spite of the perplexities, in spite of the problems, in spite of the wants, in spite of the weaknesses, in spite of the battles, in spite of the burdens, did you glorify him? you love people or how much they love you, we can make mistakes. But because of God's purity, because of his righteousness, because of his holiness, God is incapable of making a mistake. Everything that God has purposed for me this year has worked out exactly as he planned. Because of his purity. 
wants God glorified in 2020. Not just because of his purity, but because of his position. God is in a category all by himself. He's a mover. He's a shaker. He doesn't need your approval. He don't need your okay to execute his plans. Everything God does is yea and amen. Was God glorified? 2020. Not just because of his purity, not just because of his position also because of his power. Trust me when I say there is no obstacle. There is no circumstance. There's no situation which can befall you that God cannot do. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you ask or think accordingly to the power which worketh in you. If you believe that God has the power to do, you have just activated something in the spiritual realm because you have grabbed a hold of the promises of God. You say, I'm going to walk on this thing. I ain't putting this down. Every now and again, Minister Harris, I can be home and ask my wife, what's my wallet? I have a place that I normally put my wallet, my car keys, but every now and again, I may be rushing and I forget where I put my, my keys and my wallet. But you know what I don't ever misplace? It's the promises of my God. I hold those dear. They're not in the safe. They're not in my desk drawer. I hide those right here in my heart. <laughs> that I may not see them. Yes, God. Was God glorified? I know we went through some devastating stuff. We lost some family members. We lost some friends. They transitioned to a better place. You didn't make all the money you wanted to make this year. You didn't go on vacation like you planned. But God still sustained us and kept us and strengthened us and advanced us in spite of all of that. Was God glorified? And if he wasn't, don't just make this the annual thing for 2020. Make this a commitment as you go forward to glorify God in all you do. And all you say. But if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, those who are watching, those who are listening, I can already tell you if you don't know Him, He was not glorified this year by you. Because you cannot glorify God if you do not know who God is. If you've not accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, as Lord of your life, it is impossible to glorify him.
because he has nothing to do with you until you have confessed him as Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and that the Bible says you are saved. Pray with us today. Father God, how we bless thee, how we glorify thee. We thank you, Lord God, that in spite of all that has taken place this year, in spite of all that's happened in and around our lives, God, there were some things that we were disappointed in. There were some things that didn't happen according to our plans. But God, we thank you that you know what's best for us. We acquiesce, we surrender unto thee. God, lead us that we, your servants, will follow. But God, we also know that there's somebody watching today from afar. They may be watching from near, Lord God, who does not know you in the part of their sins. And they're saying within themselves right now as the Holy Spirit is convicting their hearts and their minds. They are saying, I want to glorify God. Well, let me tell you where to start. If your desire is to glorify Him, the first thing you can do to glorify God is surrender your life to Him. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you don't know Him as Lord of your life, today is the day. If you are willing to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you're willing to believe within your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you have just stepped within the realm of salvation. Because by confessing and believing, you are saying, Lord, I am a sinner and I need you. I need you, Lord. I want to glorify you. I want to worship you. I want to praise you. I want to live the rest of my life for you. If you're willing to pray that, if you're willing to say that, if you're willing to believe that, you just escaped eternal damnation and you've just been given eternal life. Angels in heaven are rejoicing. And so are the people of God. We rejoice with you today. We thank God for your change. We thank God for your salvation. We ask these and all blessings in Jesus' holy name. Let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Come on and give God some praise. Come on and bless Him. Come on and bless Him. We thank God. We thank God. We thank God. We thank God. Listen, family. Listen, listen, listen. Don't forget, we do have watch night. We have watch night service on the 31st from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Don't be via Zoom. We'd love to see you. Some of you, we haven't seen you all year. But don't let this year end without us laying eyes on you. Amen. We'll send out information this week, Monday or Tuesday, you'll get it. We're asking if you're not familiar with how it works, reach out to somebody. Somebody can let you know exactly how it works, but we want to see you. Watch night service will be from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on the 31st. Amen.
Listen, family, this is the last time I get to say this this year. Amen. In this 2020 experience, and all of your being, and in all of your doing, and in all of your getting, God will be glorified. God bless you, family. It's Pastor Thomas, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. We pray that something was said that encouraged and inspired your heart during this difficult time. I pray that you are being strong and that your spiritual resolve is being fortified and strengthened during this difficult time. To the Mount Sinai family, we want to encourage you, if you've not done so yet, to make sure that as you go on to the website, that you would take a moment to go on and hit the PayPal button and that you would send your tithes and your offerings to the church. We are still a church body, and we are still in need of the financial support in which you provide on a consistent and regular basis. If you do not feel comfortable by sending your tithes and offerings by way of PayPal, you can feel free to send a money order or a check or a cashier's check to the church. Uh, attention, uh, our secretary, Sister Lydia Haley, she'll make sure that the deacons get it. We ask that you please do not send cash to the church. And then also we want to encourage those of you who are listening in other states and other countries. We want to thank you for tuning in. I pray that you are encouraged today by that which you've heard. And also uh, for those of you who are unchurched and unsaved, I pray that this not take the place of uh, a local ministry for you, but that you would go and find a Bible preaching, Bible teaching and God fearing church to join with and become a part of that you might go forth sowing much fruit in the kingdom of God. Family, we love you and we thank God for you. And remember, God will be glorified.